0: Hello and welcome to the Innovate IPM podcast, where we are passionate about the future of the industrial projects professions, presenting you the best of project management, people and practices, combining the wisdom of time-tested methods with the cutting edge technologies and advancements that are modernizing our craft. Our mission is to contribute to the growth and progress of the industrial project management community. It's time to talk scope, schedule, and budget. Well, let's start the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Innovate IPM podcast. It's your host, Rob Williams, and I hope everyone listening is doing well during this corona apocalypse. This has been a pretty weird time for everybody, I think, but... Um, I know I'm working from home, my kids are schooling from home, and uh, it's created some interesting dynamics in the house. I'm sure we're all going through very similar situations. I hope we're all executing our civic duty and maintaining social distancing and good hygiene practices, right? We must protect the vulnerable in our communities. And I know it's strange and unnerving what we're going through, but I have faith that we're gonna to get to the other side of this and we're all gonna be okay. So for now, I'm gonna be doing the Big Action Friday series every Friday. It was every other Friday. Now we're gonna do it every Friday. I'm actually moving the interviews to a midweek spot and we're gonna do those every week too. So now you get two shows per week. And for the foreseeable future, we are going to tackle various topics as they relate to resilience in your career and in your business. I think it's a a very topical topic to attack. So I wish you all health and good luck as we power through this uh, very strange time. Indeed. Today's guests are Sheree Gurbani and Kamran Akbarzada. These two are the founders of the Project Control Academy. You probably know who they are. They're fairly well known uh, in our community. And the Project Control Academy is the leading provider of comprehensive online and in-house training in project controls. And since 2012, they exhibited a clearer passion for the project controls disciplines and a powerful vision of the future of the professions. In addition to training offerings, Product Control Academy website has a fantastic blog and a podcast and even some free videos. You want to check it out. Check the show notes and link. uh, You'll find the link there. These two found the gap. Right, No formal education or comprehensive training programs out there for Project Control's disciplines. And so they worked hard to fill it. Project Control Academy is doing very well. And Sheree and Comer deserve all the credit that they have earned. I'm excited to have trailblazers from our professional world on the show. People who catalyze, progress, and empower Project Control's people to reach their potential. And not just Project Control's people, but people in general. In addition to the Project Control Academy, Kamran is an author, a speaker, and a coach at the Dream Achievers Academy. That's a company that he founded to promote leadership and people skills. And the two of them together, along with a stellar team of project professionals, are hosting the Project Controls Summit, which looks Awesome. It's in San Antonio, Texas, I think in September. Check the show notes for more info on that too. Uh, topics include 4D planning, forensics, artificial intelligence and risk management project analytics, emerging trends and cost estimating, and many, many more. You can find it on the website. And Sheree and Cameron talk about it a lot in the episodes today, so you'll hear them tell you some more details. All right, so before we get started, don't forget to go to iTunes, give us a rating, a review, and subscribe. Share us with your peers, please. And finally, you can get a hold of me by booking a time on the Innovate IPM website where we can talk, shop, careers, entrepreneurship, tech, or anything that relates to the world of engineering and construction. And without further ado, let's go ahead and talk to Sheree and Cameron. Hello, Sheree and Cameron. How are you doing this evening?
1: Yeah, great. Thank you, Robin. You're great. Thank you,
0: Robin. Yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. I know we had some back and forth trying to get on, but we finally made it. And uh, that's just how it goes sometimes. So I'm glad we, uh, we both persevered. It's really good to have you on. Glad to be here. Great. So why don't we tell the audience, um, I actually know you guys are pretty well known in the industry, so we don't need to get too deep into it. But tell me about what you guys do. Yeah,
2: um, thank you, Robin. So I'm sure uh, the founder and director of Project Control Academy have been in Project Controls for the last 20 years and now I'm dedicated. of my career on teaching and training professionals on this field on how to be better and what they do and how to become the hero of their projects.
1: Yeah, and I'm uh, Kamran Akbarzadeh. I, uh, I'm a chemical engineer by background and I've worked in oil and gas companies for the last 15 years, uh, nine years in Schlenberger in Canada, mm-hmm. and last uh, six years in, in Shell in Houston, as well as I've been also very interested in success and leadership for the last uh, 10 years. So Dream Achievers Academy I founded and also I've been co-director of Project Control Academy working at Showlands.
0: Yeah, I thought that was an interesting, uh, an interesting point about you, Komarand. Is the is the uh, uh, say to the Dream Academy? What was the name of that? This academy, yes. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that too.
1: Yeah, so I mean, back in two thousand five, when I started in Schlemmerg, big oil and gas, it was just first few months of uh, working as a project manager there, and my first client was Shell. So something happened there that the client complain about the work, and it kind of led me to our thinking why am I doing this whole thing? I wanted to get out of the company. I've written that in the book, Leadership. So, uh, but it led me to really think deeper and uh, finally find my passion. And uh, that led me to uh, founding Dream Achievers Academy that helps people realize their, their dreams and overcome the challenges, the top challenges that they're facing in their life and their profession and helping them to resolve it and get what they want. In
0: the Excellent. I actually have a coach myself, and I, I love it. It's, it's one of the, one of the most uh, productive things that I've done in my life, but also one of the most eye-opening things that have provided so much self-awareness that I've been able to clarify my goals and, and reach them much quicker. And that I actually owe a lot of what I'm doing now to the fact that I have a life coach. So I commend you for that. It's a good service to be in.
1: Great. Thank you
0: welcome. So what is it about project controls that drove you guys cuz let's be honest, project mm-hmm. controls is one of these worlds that that for one a lot of people just frankly aren't familiar with. Okay? Mm-hmm. And and then another thing is it's it's kind of a an aging discipline. So there's there's young people who are coming into it, but you you kind of need to come into it with some experience level, right? And the majority of the people who are in project controls are aging out of project controls, which leaves a big per talent gap, right? So what is it about project controls that uh, made you pursue this, this business?
2: Uh, For me, it started back when probably, I don't remember the exact year, but when we got married and we moved to Canada because my background is industrial engineering and I've been working in vehicle manufacturing companies before moving to Canada. Um, That was my dream job. I always wanted to know how cars are built and that's how I got into vehicle manufacturing. So when I moved to Canada, I found myself in a new country. Um, in a new industry, which was oil and gas in Alberta. And I didn't know what to do. So that's how I kind of uh, led into project controls completely by accident through information interviews that I did. So that's how I started my career almost 20 years ago when, I like, with my move to Canada and desperate to find my path and realizing back then that was a field that is in high demand and then I figure out okay how can I get into that and I found my way through project controls. Uh, but in regards to your question, Robin, um I know yeah it's not easy. Like I struggled a lot when I go back to years ago when I began my journey there. There was no course out there, there was no university out there. There was nothing Evening. there was nothing that could prepare me so it was I felt like I left on my own to figure things out and I'm sure that's a challenge that many of in our industry currently facing to figure out how to do this uh, so um, that's basically um, I think the role of uh, senior leaders in the organizations and project controls to train and educate people especially the younger generation as you call it to be fully prepared. And probably that was the conviction that made us establish Project Control Academy to create that ground for people to really have a place to go and learn and get themselves educated and be ready for their adventure. So just uh, try to answer your question very briefly, that would be my answer.
0: Uh, that's an excellent answer. I, I totally agree. And it's, it's you know, like you said, it's you kind of run into this project uh, discipline by accident, whether it's scheduling or, in my world, estimating. In fact, the way that I got into estimating, um, well, I don't want to tell the whole story, but the way that I, I started focusing on preliminary TIC estimating, I was at an engineering firm, a midsize firm, and I was a project manager on the design side. And they were paying for AspenTech tokens, but they didn't have anybody who knew how to use Icarus or K base. And so they paid for me to go to the, the training class at the Aspen tech facility. And from that point on, I was the Aspen tech guru of the, of the entire company. (laughs) So talk about finding an accidental career, right? That's, that's definitely sums it up. Awesome. So when did project control Academy begin?
2: So, uh, again, it began out of my own frustration of figuring things out on my own. The first two years of my career, um, I, uh, I, I was lucky because I had a great manager with project controls. But after that, everybody was expecting me to know how to do it, to do things. So, But still, I struggled a lot. So it was always in the back of my mind, why there's no university, why there's no academy project controls. But I had no idea what... Until I had a turning point in my career, and that turning point was the result of an accident I had at work. I don't go through the whole story, but it was really a bad accident that could end my life. Mm. Uh, I was lucky that I survived from that accident. And after that, everything changed for me. I decided to really give a legacy and do something that matters not just do my everyday job because I was really good at what I was doing. I was the best employee of that company, but things that happened made me realize I could have been easily replaced in that company. And then I started thinking, okay, how I can um, focus on my strength and what I'm good at and what I can do, what difference I can make. And then I ended up to the answer of teaching and training And especially in project controls, because I knew it was a need and uh, being an active member of Toastmasters, I knew how to communicate. So that was a starting point. And then, but back then I didn't have the trust. I was so young. I didn't know whether or not that's for me. So I tested this by teaching at educational institutes to come and encourage me so much, helping me achieve and realize my dreams. That was a dream. I wanted to make a difference. And he, doing my job. Yeah, and he really <laughs> did that in my own career. It was always a dream to be able to do something different. And then I started by teaching at educational institutes, got a lot of great feedback from wherever I taught. And then when I was on to leave for my son, I turned one of those courses that I was teaching, a three day course, turned online. And when it was rolled out um, online, when we are talking about online, meaning It can go to the hand of many people across the globe. Then the feedback was great and that helped me realize, okay, I can get out of my small cubicle at work and have an impact. So that kind of uh, motivated me to even go further and pursue this more seriously. At the Mm -hmm. beginning, I was doing this alongside with my full-time corporate job. So we had two jobs, both of us. I had two jobs, like uh, we, as soon as we came home, the second job was starting. So, uh, but then uh, basically Project Control Academy to answer your questions started back in 2012. Then we turned one of the courses online, but I was still working at corporations and running the business. But then I became full-time on the business when we moved from Canada to Houston back in 2014, and then we had... Our first international client teaching and training their thousands of employees and project controls. And that's how uh, we became full time. And then I became full time in the business. Everything changed for the better.
0: Yeah. What an incredible success story that is, too. Thank I, you. Yeah. And I think it sounds like, Cameron, she was one of your one of your coachees. Is that oh, true? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So I, I totally feel the, you know, working the full-time job, then getting off and working another full-time job. This—that's what this is. I, I always tell everybody, this is my second full-time job. They're yeah. like, "What well, do you do that on the side?" Not really. I do it in addition to. Right. That—that's—that's that's more accurate.
2: Work it, Robin, to be honest, when I began, I didn't know what to expect. But now, uh, when I see the numbers that we have on our students, that are even I lost for as of last year we had students from 134 countries this year when I pulled the map it was pretty much covering the whole map so the impact that you have by going extra mile and doing things out of your comfort zone to uh, to serve others really pay off in the long term. So I'm very happy. It was very challenging to do that at the beginning and still is. Even now, we're working way more than our corporate jobs. There is no Sunday, there's no Monday, you know. very <laughs> a very fine time work, you work. You can relate. But my point is it's really worth it. The impact that you have on people and their careers is really worth it.
0: So, So you said you're doing mostly online. Do you do face-to-face as well?
2: Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. It's uh, according to our... Again, it's, we do that for corporate uh, in-house training. Uh, corporate. corporate. Yeah. Okay. Our in-house training, yes, we do that for them. And at the beginning also, for our first international client we had, I was traveling to South Africa where they had all of their employees coming to one central location and having that training in person plus online But because we wanted, especially in project controls, because I always struggled in having accessible information and training, the purpose was to make it online available, so regardless of where you are, you can get trained and not be restricted with the location. So that was our purpose. That's why, and we are doing it online, and it's a lot of hard work. To make it online in a way that it's interactive, it's engaging, not boring, and um, still students can get a lot out of online as well. So that, um, you know, we do a lot of uh, work behind the scenes to make sure it's as effective or even more effective than in person training.
0: Sounds very cool. Let me ask you this um, what's coming up in the, the near future? So, right now you're doing these things. What, what are you cooking up right now that, that people can look forward to that isn't happening? yet, if you don't mind me asking.
1: so I mean, Shora had this vision, like this dream of taking the online training or the overall Project Control Academy to the next level, and uh, she was always talking about, I like, want to have face-to-face live events, and uh, last year, she said, we have to make it happen in 2020. So it's a new decade, so something new for Project Control Academy. Uh, and therefore we decided to have Project Control Summit, and this is what's coming. So in the short term, we, we have uh, Project Control Summit that um, we want to make it different as well. And uh, sort of make it, make it difference overall. Yes.
2: Um, A different experience for project exactly. professionals. So, yeah. So that's the near future, but long term, uh, I write my vision every day. And the long-term vision is really to be the number one go-to source for any project control content so that, you know, there is no lack of education out there. We want the project control academy to be the number one go-to source for any professional in this field in different areas. We do our best to develop new courses every year with the best in our industry. So and again we it's a lot of hard work behind us since we developed a course online but we keep mm-hmm. moving forward every day we have a vision to support the community the best stuff we can commonly started interviewing with the authors and authors and talk leaders the project controls to bring their message and to share their wisdom with the audience we have started that last year we continue adding resources and content and training or coming, through. So that's one of the things that we are planning to continue doing. And with the summit, with our conference, we are doing our best, putting a lot of energy to make it really quite different conference experience for workers in that attend
0: Yeah, very cool. And why don't we jump right into that? Because I'm very interested, which you guys have already put out so far in terms of the Project Control Summit. It looks incredible. It definitely looks like a shakeup of, <laughs> of what we're used to seeing, right? And, uh, and as you know, I've been involved with, with some of these conferences. They're all, they're all valuable. I love being involved with them, and, and we all learn so much from all of them. But you guys are doing something a little bit different. You're adding your own your own signature to it. So tell us a little bit more about it. You kind of already got into the why of it. Uh, what, what do you think the, the, the user, the attendee, what, what is it that they're going to expect to experience by attending this conference? So,
1: on my side, as I've also shared, we've we've talked about it, how we want to make it different. And one of the things, we are both technical people as well. So, we've been into lots of technical trainings, I mean, technical conferences. On my side, I've presented a lot of technical papers. And wherever I go, there is just (laughs) boring, especially when it comes to lots of educational sessions uh, that a lot of chemical engineers, um, professional engineers attend. And at the end of the day, when you finish the training, you don't really exactly know if you've got something. And when you go back to your workplace, still you kind of report it, but you don't really take much action. There is not much of energy involved. So we thought we want to make it different. And the difference that we want to make is by our own experience also, we've attended lots of personal development conferences and we've seen enthusiasm, energy. Uh, more uh, implementation-oriented sort of conferences. So we thought we bring that part and also we combine the technical side and make it different um, from the sense of delivery. And we, uh, we also work the speakers to make sure that the delivery is is great. Um, so it, it's gonna be different. Even when, when you come and attend the staging, the lighting, uh, everything is gonna be different. And hopefully people also will Realize that and work on it. Yeah, beautiful. Well,
2: experience, I, as as Common said, we go to a lot of conferences, and one of the conferences I went to is one of the top leaders, um, you know, a best selling author called Rachel Hollis. And they asked her about the success of her conference, and she answered and she told me, I said, okay, how do you have like 6,000, 7,000 people attending your conference, and you're quite successful at it? What would you your advice for us doing it? And she said, just be obsessed about your audience experience. So, this is really our number one priority. We're really obsessed about their experience. We want to create a very unique, fun learning environment for them. Also, we are very picky on speakers. We are choosing the best in the industry as the speakers. Just to give you a sense of it, our keynote speaker is the world champion of public speaking, talking about communication in projects. Oh, and
1: projects.
2: Wow. And we are a manager, too. So. Yeah yeah so we are just bringing the best and we are like our speaker guide is like 30 page document for our speakers so we are just want to make sure it's engaging it's really attractive it's implementation style not just on the conference we want to also remove all the technical tracks to remove the overwhelm from people who attend the conference everyone would be 400 plus people under the same roof learning different topics and project controls for the main purpose of diversifying their skill sets in project controls, and to get ready for future, but also we want to complement that with a lot of online technical tracks, so that um, they can go through that without any competition of which one to go to, or which one to choose from, so that they can uh, equip themselves with the knowledge that they need in different areas and different tracks that we have for different areas of project control, so that they can not come out of it fully learning a lot of stuff. Learning from the best at the conference, complement their learning with online sessions of the conference, and just go out and implement that.
1: Yeah, and also we are thinking of how right now strategies about how people really take what they learn, take notes of them, and then they commit to doing something yes. about it afterwards.
0: So we're taking back. action.
1: So uh, it's more action-oriented. And also awesome.
2: There- Games
1: and surprise events and things like mm-hmm. that—the fun element going. Lots of lots of things, and <laughs> like also very really, has made us very busy. lots of work.
0: I can't wait to uh, to attend, and I'm planning on attending, but I haven't bought a ticket yet. I do intend on uh, being there, and I'm excited about it. So let's talk about let's talk about people. Um, let's talk about careers. So, like you said, action based. This is one of the things that I drive. Uh, here at Innovate IPMs take action. I think a lot of people get bogged down in the details. and Quite frankly, my opinion, uh, and I think, I think I share, I can speak for a lot of people in, in our sector of the industry, is that uh, we don't talk enough about action. We talk a lot about technicalities. We talk a lot about how to do things and the formulas and the right way to do things. And, and there's, a lot of, there's a lot of bitter people Mentoring younger people and and things like that it's it, it's become this world where one of the problems that I see from where I sit is younger people coming straight out of college going into projects and being dissatisfied with it. They're dissatisfied because they're not getting what they thought they were going to get out of it. they're dissatisfied because especially in a STEM field like engineering, right? You're coming into this uh, in in my world, which is heavy industry, right? Oil and gas, energy, and so forth. You're you're kind of in an antiquated industry. It's not as technologically advanced as one might imagine from the outside. So let's talk about uh, uh, people who are careerists, people who want to advance in their career. Um, Let's let's talk about the traits of a strong project controls person and and what actions people can take to develop those traits.
2: Very good. I can, I can start that and then Conrad has a lot of great comments on the non technical aspect of it that I would Mm -hmm. like to talk about. But to me, um, A good uh, project control person is not only the one who knows how to use the tool. That's some of us that, you know, most of us are getting into this field by learning a tool, as you just mentioned, Robin, and the same thing with me, I entered into this field by learning Primavera, which was a very wrong way of getting into project control. So for whoever is listening, our advice is no matter how you got into project controls, please, please make sure you build a strong foundation by learning how the things work behind the software that you're using. Let's say if you're in planning scheduling, what the critical pad is, what, is, what the total float is, you know, how everything is calculated, how the software is doing all of that. Because if you don't have the foundation in place, no matter how fancy the tool you are using, you're not going to be an effective project control professional. So one thing that I, be, I believe is really missing is in our industry is having a very good solid foundation of the things that we do. As you said earlier, most of us are coming into this field through experience, so the education piece is missing. So that's the one thing, especially for younger generation. Please invest in learning the foundation and filling your education gap. That's the first thing I would recommend. Next, on the technical side, is really uh, uh, working on your analytical skills, you know, especially in project control. Yeah, uh, is uh, we do a lot of uh, reports, and after a while, things get repetitive, and then we get constant to that. And I have seen many in our field that they just issue a report, and it just takes a lot of time to put together a report, and when it's done, there you go, that's done. They don't take the time to analyze it. They don't take the time to understand the issues. They don't take the time to mitigate um, come up with mitigation strategies with the team, even to communicate properly with the team. So that's something that really we need to go the extra mile, understanding the issues, and, uh, figuring out how we can improve uh, on whatever we are doing. So, for example, uh, when I was working on different projects and different organizations, one of the things that was on top of my head was how we can optimize the process, how I can make the process or the way of reporting better. Yesterday, I was working talking to someone who was planning to attend our summit as a speaker. And I was really impressed with the way that it came up with a very, very simple methodology of developing a schedule that takes weeks to develop in just a few hours. By just combining Excel access and different things and building relationships and just coming up with just innovative ideas on how to optimize the processes on the extra mile, really worked. But these are the technical aspects. I believe something that's really missing so in our industry is communication leadership skills that I would like to come around to cover those as well.
0: Excellent.
1: Yeah, so I really learned this the hard way. So I remember uh, several years back, I was a mentor in APEGA, which is the Association of Professional Engineers and Geologists of Alberta in Canada. So I was a mentor, and we had a training for mentors of professional engineers. And one of the things that the trainer said that Majority of people who come outside of Canada, who come to Canada, always think that they have to work on their technical skills in order to get a job in, in Canada or in Alberta or in oil and gas, or wherever they go. But the, the thing is, they have to really work on their soft skills like communication skills, leadership skills, because that's what matters most. It's not really your technical, whatever you've learned is is great. It's just how how we want to apply, how we want to work with people. And then I could really relate with that because I went back to 2005. As I said, I had got my PhD. I knew the technical side of things. Now I was a project manager with not much background and experience in there. I was put in charge of a project with one of the major companies, and one thing that I kind of didn't do well was communication with the client, with my stakeholder. The other thing I didn't do well, I didn't take ownership or the leadership side of this project. So when it came to that complaint about the final results, I was blamed in front of all other (laughs) project managers and the company. Uh, and then what I did, I, I blamed back I said, oh, you didn't provide an education, uh, all these sorts of things. But when I thought deeply about that, it's just, I didn't do the job. I didn't take ownership and I didn't really communicate very well. That's why then we joined Toastmasters, we developed our communication skills. I learned a lot about leadership and its difference with management. And to me, project leadership is really key if you want to manage Uh, Everything properly. So I I really go after this. Teach about communication and leadership. Now I think if if someone really wants to go up the ladder of success in their careers, they have to combine their technical skills with their non-technical skills. And recently we had a webinar that I kind of plotted that, and I said if you want to really increase your influence in your careers do not try to increase your technical skills, you can expand it. You don't really need to go deep and deep and go from, let's say, this grade of seven to nine, you can work more on the non-technical side, make sure that you communicate with people better, you report better, you present better, you take ownership, and that really increases the influence. Um, And uh, we we have seen also that in Project Control Academy, whenever we have, the, the, a webinar or training on the soft skill size, inter, side interpersonal skills, we see less attendance because people naturally think that they're great in communication, but when you really start talking to them, you know there is something missing. And that's why I'm really passionate about that side and to help people to work on those two aspects of a uh, career to really create influence and go up the ladder of success in their career.
2: And, and that's why also at Summit, also we are focusing not just on the technical side of project controls and project management, but also on communication and leadership. As I told you, our keynote speaker talking about effective communication in projects. We have sessions on leadership because these are very important things that as you go to any conference, nobody's talking about them. And I'm really surprised why. Because everything to me boils down to effective communication. No matter how good we are doing our job, if they cannot convey the result of our report effectively to the team, then what's the point? Sure. So, communication and leadership really key in everything, not just in project controls. I believe in every carrier. and I hope um, you know project control organizations out there put more emphasis on this on these uh, soft skills as well. That's why we're trying to
1: bring that more onto the table. More well, like integrated that,
0: course. Exactly. Yeah. Sounds like you guys are taking the lead on that. And I think it's wonderful. You know, I've always been a, an advocate of uh, applying those soft skills to any kind of project. When people ask me for career advice and, and how to take on positions, uh, you know, how to move their career up to the next level, that's one of the first things I tell them. If you, if you know how to analyze, and then you know how to communicate that analysis with with your peers and up to management. That'll take you really far. So I commend you guys both for for definitely taking that on. Let's let's change subject for a little bit. We're running out of time. Um, what do you guys do for fun? You, you guys obviously are extremely busy people. You've got a family. What else you got going on? So I can start with
2: that comment what uh, uh, we really started injecting, as you said, we're very busy, we hard to find time, but uh, our kids complain sometimes, so we make sure Sundays is off for both of us and spending time with the family. Also, we started adding some Friday date nights because we want to have some uh, great times together and we're not missing that. All the time to find good places in Houston to go out on a date, but having that, we also enjoy... Um, if I'm missing something, tell me. But we uh, have a, a diet from TV and watching TV for I think ten years, if not more. We don't we don't have any TV cable in our home. We don't watch TV. We don't waste our time. But once in a while, we go uh, together uh, watch a movie or something. We love massage and spa, and of course, we love travel. Yeah. So any opportunity. So traveling is
1: really one of the yeah, our things that we do everyday our kids, yeah. we go like two, three, four travels. And one of those travels is, is like two to three weeks. Nice. So this uh, past summer, we went to Italy and nice. we really enjoyed it. And yeah. it was one of the best trips that we've had. And we are flying now for 2020 trip. So uh, although we are very busy with
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but we, we don't want to miss our travel and trip, just to relax and enjoy also other cultures.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a big year for you guys. You guys have a lot going on right now. It's amazing to watch you. The content you're putting out is amazing. Uh, I think you're an inspiration. Definitely. Definitely to me and the things that I'm doing. And I think to to the whole world over, you guys obviously have a global audience and I think everybody appreciates you. So I want to thank you again for coming on. Was there anything else you guys wanted to share with the Innovate IPM community before we go?
1: So one thing that we wanted to say, whoever is interested in attending the summit, the uh, Mm website is www.projectcontrolsummit.com, and uh, they can order the tickets.
2: It's an early bird right now, but they're going fast, so if anyone wants to join us, would be great. I also want to thank you, Robin, for doing such a great job in the industry. Our industry needs more of these interviews. And I would like to thank you really for uh, doing that alongside with your full-time job. I completely understand where you're coming from, but keep going. Thank you so much for doing that for the community. Everybody will benefit from
0: it. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Sheree, and, and thank you. Thank you, Cameron. Appreciate it.
1: Definitely <laughs> the, uh, the- admire what you're doing because we need more of that and we are thinking how we can kind of collaborate hopefully um together somehow
0: i'm definitely open to a conversation about collaboration very good thank you all right thanks y'all
1: thank you